0: Parsha Themes is for inspired people like you who are looking for engaging and relevant Parsha and Moedim thoughts. Our weekly discussions focus on uplifting thoughts and actionable ideas that will upgrade your avodas Hashem and enhance your Shabbos and Yantov table. I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Tropper, and it's an honor to have you with me here today. We're in Parsha Schukas, and I want to share a couple of thoughts of the Vilnagon Gon, uh, specifically about, we know the Parsha talks about Para Aduma, the red uh, cow, which is a chok. It's a mitzvah that we don't understand the mitzvah, the the uh, reasoning for it, and um, there's a couple of different ideas from the Vilna Gaon that I want to share. So one of the famous kashas is that the Sefer HaChinuch. We know he went through the mitzvos. It was probably written by Rev Aaron Halevi the Ra, who was a contemporary of the Rosh uh, Talmud of the Rosh, but a contemporary of the Ritva, and. Uh, very, who says in his introduction that his children were bored on Shabbos afternoon, so his sons and their friends would come over to the house and he would tell them about all the mitzvos in the parsha and give explanations to the mitzvos. And so uh, he gives an explanation, uh, you know, just an, a way to understand the mitzvos, the tamihah mitzvahs, the flavor of the mitzvos. But when it comes to parah aduma, he says that it's a chok and we, there's nothing to say. We don't know a reason. But the question is, there's a lot of questions on that. One of them is that... Um, what does that mean? Because if you look throughout the whole Torah, many of the mitzvos, there are other uh, chuk- chukim as well, um, like Kasharis, but yet the Sefer Echinuch gives an explanation there. So I heard a pshat based on Rabbi Yaakov which is very fascinating, and we'll get to the gruh in a minute, because his pshat actually uh, ties into this as well. That the, um, what the Sefer Echinuch is teaching us is that all the mitzvos are really a chok to a certain degree because the reason that we do mitzvahs like Rashi says in Tanya, "What does does 'L'shem Shemayim' mean?" is it's you do something because the Rebbeinu Shalom Hashem commanded me to do it. So really, all the mitzvos—yes, it's true that the Torah teaches us mitos and derech el, noam—and a lot of the mitzvos are breaking our mitos and a lot of the averus are to pull us away from bad things. They're, those are all lessons. But the biggest yisur so, that we always have to know is that the Rebbeinu Shalom told us to do it. And that's what he has to do. And the Rebona Shalom knows what's best. And not only that, but there's a famous medrash, which is very, very scary. The medrash says about Shaul HaMelech that he, he did a horrible crime where he murdered the city of Nov Yerakonim. And he lost the Malucha because that, well, there were other affairs as well. But certainly that was a big factor. And at the same time, it's in contrast to his merciful behavior when it came to Amalek, where he left uh, some of them alive because he had mercy on them. And he listened and he was persuaded by the nation to keep him alive. And the Medr says uh, a a horrific comment. The Medr says that someone who is Merachim, who has mercy in a place that he should really have strictness, will end up having strictness in a place that he really should have been merciful. What does that mean? That means that if you just decide hey, I'm going to follow my whim. Uh, okay, Hashem commanded me something, but I don't care. I know better. Then you're a dangerous person because at a moment of whim, you might feel better and you might feel strongly about something, but instead of checking in with, what does Hashem want from me? You only check in with yourself. And in a moment of passion, Shaul said, I don't have any questions. Novi Yerakonim rebelled against me. They supported dubbed my enemy. I'm going to kill all of them. But had he stopped for a moment and just asked the Sanhedrin or other for guidance he would have stopped himself because he would have said what does Hashem want from me and so we never want to be living our lives based on our own whim and that's why it's so important so the chinuch is teaching us an important lesson that yes it's true all the mitzvahs are 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 a chok that's true but this one there's a specific inion about uh, the mitzvah of Paraduma, that it, it, it's it's intrinsically teaching us that we need to take a step back and say, Rebbeinu Hashem, I do your mitzvahs because you taught me to do it. And so the Chenech was trying to teach us to to his children and to and to the Talmidim that were listening to him. That yes, it's true, all the mitzvah, all the Talmidim mitzvahs, all the flavors that I'm sharing with you are important lessons. But ultimately, we do the Torah because. The Rebbeinu Shalom commanded me to do the, to, to do the mitzvahs, and, and we don't try to make our own cheshbonos. And that, says Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, could could be the peshat and the chinuch, and he explains that that's why this mitzvah of Adumah, the Chazal tell us uh, that it was given to them in Mara, which was the stop they made right before Har Sinai. So why were they given this specific mitzvah? There are other mitzvahs as well; they were given Shabbos, etc. Which which is what to discuss. But why para-aduma? It's the introduction. To going to Sinai, going to Sinai, you're going to be makabal the Torah. The way you're makabal the Torah is to recognize, Rebbeinu Shalom, I'm a vatal das to you, naase v'nishma. I'm going to follow whatever you say. Yeah, of course, Rebbeinu Shalom, you have lessons. And the truth is that even Rashi and Chumash brings down one of the lessons behind Paraduma that if a if a prince or if a little boy comes in the palace, excuse me, and defecates on the floor, they call the mother to clean it. And so, so too, when the Agal sinned, it was like they defecated Kavayachol in front of Hashem so that this mother is, comes to clean it. Although, there's what to argue about. What does that even mean? But nonetheless, there are reasons that are brought down. And Chazal even say, according to some Adrashim, that maybe Shlomo knew the knew what the reason for paraduma was or maybe, or maybe uh, Moshe Rabbeinu knew so, some of the Tameh HaMitzvah, um, Al-Pisod, whatever they were. But the, the, the ultimate wisdom is to be aware for, for for our level at least is to be aware that we don't know, and that we are mavatal das to Hashem, and this is this ties into the Grah. The Gra says the same exact shot, very similar. The Gemara and Shabbos, the Gemara and Shabbos, Yud says that Rishmol um, made a statement. Rishmol says that um, that the Chachamim made a takana that you're not allowed to uh, learn or read. By the by the light of a candle on Shabbos, and they, and, and it said shemayata because chaz- the, the the Chazal were but you shouldn't do it because you might come to tilt the candle to make it burn better, and that could be an isr, the Rice of Shabbos. So rishmal said that I'm a scholar and I can learn and I'll be careful and I know that I'm not going to be over on that on that um, avera on Shabbos. So he went one Friday night. And he was learning by the light of a candle, and he forgot it was Shabbos, and he began fooling around with the wick, and he extinguished the, the candle. And he says, "Kama Gadola chachamim." How great are the words of the Torah of, of the sages, because they taught us that you shouldn't read laar and air. Okay, so the simple reading that most people learn is that he's saying they're so great because they they knew human nature is that people are going to forget, and then they're going to accidentally be machal Shabbos. But the Gra says no, it's not the pshat. The pshat is that They never said the reason shemayata. That's an explanation The Gemara gives But when they gave the Gezerah They just wrote No one should do it Period They didn't explain And so he said It's so The the words of the Chachamim Are great Because they knew Human nature is that If you give a reason Then people say They could fight with that reason and so the fact there was no reason that that was the wisdom so for example if if a kid says you know could i have that candy and the parent says no because you're gonna get cavities so then the kid starts negotiating yeah but i'm gonna brush my teeth and i never I ha- haven't had one in a while if you just say no and i hate to say this because as a parent i really try to stay away from that but because i said so there's nothing to argue with the kid understands that's it the answer is no now why do i hate to say because i said so because i'm like god because i don't want my ki- because i want my kid to understand that, that i explain things that's for their benefit but but the gru is saying that there's a there are plenty of times when it's could die not to explain yourself and you could rely on the fact that that hey th- this kid knows that i have his best interest in mind i have her best interest in mind and so when i said no they could trust me when i said don't go there it's not safe don't do it it's not for you that makes sense There's someone that I know that was trying to get a job somewhere and I know the place very well And I've seen a lot of people have a lot of trouble there in many many ways physically emotionally spiritually in every which way And this happens often, but I I know the situation very well, and I said do you trust me? They asked me about this place and they said yes. I said it's not for you And they said okay. I trust you. I don't have to explain it Why do I have to start saying lush and hard this guy there is difficult and this situation is bad. That's it Okay and he's a friend that, that I trust, and if he told me that, I wouldn't ask him questions either. I trust him emphatically. So when we trust the Rebona Shalom emphatically, that's the lesson of Kabbalah satorah that we have to know the Rebona Shalom has our best interests in mind. And that's the Pshat and Par Aduma, that we have to take a step back and recognize the Rebona Shalom knows what's right and what's wrong and what he wants from us and how, to, and how we need to perfect ourselves. And so you can trust him when he says this is the, this, these are the mitzvahs to do, Okay, Hashem, you know what's best for me. And when you say these are the things not to do, these are the things not to do. When the Torah was given and the, and many arayos were prohibited, the nation cried. Why were they crying? Because they were upset. But the Rebunah Hashem says, this is what's best for you. These are these are not people that you need to be marrying anymore. This is not what you need to be successful in life. The Torah is all about connecting to Hashem. Because when we connect to Hashem, then that keeps us in check. And what does Hashem want? What, what, was, what was Shmuel's rebuke to to King Shaul after the incident with Amalek it was Hashem doesn't care about your zebach your karbanos. he wants you to listen and you didn't listen and there were, the repentance was not complete and unfortunately Shaul continued to live on his own whim and that led to the massacre at Novi Arconim which was a tragedy in Cali Yisrael that, that caused Shaul's death and the death of his uh, general as well who was also punished on the exact same thing that he and says so this is a horrible thing for not stopping Shaul because he had the power to influence him so these are some of the lessons behind Para Aduma based on the Grah, Ka'am chachamim. how great are the Chachamim. They understood the human nature is that if you give me a reason, then I'm going to find excuses to work around it. But sometimes you just need to say no. And so to para Aduma, Hashem says, no. Hashem says, do this. It's a chok. There's certain chok, don't eat this. There are certain things in the Torah, azazel. The uh, kashiris, it's a chok okay so their bond still live, gives lessons that, that tra- trafe animals have bad nature and they impact you and you are what you eat okay these are all lessons but I do it like Hashem commanded that's a, you sowed in the Torah also Hashem said no and so too in our own personal lives there are things that you know I say yes and the Rebbein Hashem says no don't do it you're not allowed to do it or no it's not for you or no I don't want to give that to you even though you want it and that's it and part of being a Jew is understanding the Rebbe Shalom has my best interest in mind and whatever I have in front of me is the exact best thing I could have in front of me. Last idea is um, the Pasuk in Al Chav Aleph, Pasuk Chav Zion, says, I'm not going to even explain the Pasuk shot here, but the Gemara Babu Basra is a famous one. The Mesil Sasharim made famous this Gemara Babu Basra, Ayin Chesimun Bez. It says, These are the people that um, are Moshe B'Yitzram. They are... On top of their yetsar, they they control them. Bo cheshman, you should make a calculation. You should figure out what's worthwhile in this world. The the cost of doing a mitzvah versus the reward for doing a mitzvah, and the um, pleasure of a avera versus the uh, detriment of it. And When you live your life this way, you will develop. A, an olam and olam haba, because like a Rashi, Rubin sees that's all my Rabbi used to always teach us and instill in us. Because it's Asherachah olam olam haba. Whenever you follow the Torah, you have a good life in this world and in the next. But don't forget about this. So the kasha is that um, what's shot that they're called the Moshlim, that they're called the rulers. Why are they the rulers? So the Gemara says like this: that the Gemara in Sukkah says that the Yetzihara starts off, we know Averagurus Aver, one Aver begets another one, unfortunately, and it says that he starts off as a as a wanderer, and he as a holy, he's wandering around, so he's not welcome. But then he becomes a guest. He, he kind of moves into your house. He's a guest. You're the owner, but he's the guest. And then he becomes a balabais and says to the girl, "What's the pshat?" The pshat is that once someone's a balabais, uh, you don't you don't a slave doesn't wake up one morning and say to his master, "Hey, I'm not going to be your slave anymore," or he'll get killed, or it just doesn't work. It's just not appropriate, right? So therefore, when the Eitzah Har becomes a balabais, slowly. You're in big trouble because you don't have the upper hand. And so the Moshlim means that those that work on themselves, that they have the upper hand. I'm going to be the Baal bias of my own house. Then, Bo Cheshman, then you have the power to make a and to make changes in your life. And so a person that's the first work to make sure that he's a Moshe, moshel B'Yitzra, that he's in charge, not that harah controls you. There's an ad that one of my Arbaim one time showed me. It was very appropriate, and it was a picture of a cigarette sitting on a lounge chair and a picture of a man crouching and kneeling, and it said, who's the master? And it was an anti-smoking uh, advertisement. What does that mean? It was saying, who's the master? He's the master. And so we have to learn, who's the master in your life? Does the get control everything you do? Or... Do you control the things you do? And I had a Rebbe that used to always say that these are uncomfortable things to talk about. And we should be in mind how much we talk about them because people don't listen. But this is what the gra says. And I, I think it's, it's a beautiful thing in life that, that we all work on every day. Who is the master of your life? Do you want to be a, a servant to your tithes, to your desires, and to your distractions? Or do you want to be in charge of your life to live a life of integrity and a life of Yerushalayim? It's an obvious answer, but you have to choose to be the ball and then you can make a chajban and figure out what is the best way to live your life and go accordingly in your growth of ruchni as we should all be zolcheh. Thanks for joining us. For more Torah content, and to make sure you never miss an episode, don't forget to subscribe and visit us at parshathemes.com.